Exclusively by women identified directors, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co host, Rachel, and joining me today is my number one perpetrator. It's the one and only Ariel. <laughs> Hi. See, that sounds like a negative thing. Uh huh. A little bit. But having <laughs> seen this movie, I feel like it's a lot more ambiguous and maybe even complimentary. How are you feeling about that? Should I refer to you strictly as the perpetrator now? <laughs> I mean, I think it makes me sound cooler than I actually am. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? Are you hanging in there, my friend? I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has the apartment above you been rented yet? It has not. Um, Ooh. But they just finished painting, mm-hmm. and I have been told that in two weeks' time they're going to start showing it. So my plan is Ooh. to sneak up there on that Sunday night okay, and stage the scene with the yes. precaution tape and the roaches yes. Yes. so that when they start showing it the next morning, it's all set up. And maybe they'll get freaked out and not rent it. That's my goal. Diabolical. I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. My goal. I'm they, right. did, they did paint me into my apartment, though. So that was interesting. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> they painted the apartment without, like, opening our doors or windows or anything. Okay. And so, like, there's lines around everything where the old paint still is from, like, the door frame when it was in the door frame. But they painted it so much that when I went to leave the house... I had to force my way out what? and it like yanked paint off the, the door jam and stuff because they had painted me in. <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, but things are not sounding very above board <laughs> in your apartment building. <laughs> there's fires, there's like wall occupants, and now they're literally <laughs> painting you into your apartment. I mean, I think it was accidental, but you know. Well, they're like, either she can't escape or the gas will kill her. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, man. I don't know. It's a weird neighborhood. It is a weird neighborhood. But you know what? I I always say this. I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to be so glad when you move home. But I'm also going to be so sad because I'm going to miss these stories so much. (laughs) Well, do you want me to send you a picture of something that happened in my neighborhood the other day? Duh. Okay. I'm going to send it to you right now. Hell yeah. I want nothing more. Literally, this is about to make my whole week. I I can already tell. (laughs) It's a picture of a car. Oh, wait. Hold on. It's like my phone's being slow. Let me actually open the board on my computer. Aha. Here we go. What? What? Can you what is, read what it says in the window? I, hold on, I'm, I'm in beginning. I'm in beginning. Hold on, Zo- <laughs> I'm zooming and enhancing. This is some CSI shit. Okay, I'm looking at a silver. What? Maybe like a Honda Civic? Something like that. Yeah, I can't quite remember. And someone has written on the window. Yes, Jake Lusk. Luskin. Jake Luskin. Sorry, um, <laughs> doxing uh, our boy Jake here. <laughs> Jake Lusk Luskin has a small penis. <laughs> oh, no. They wrote it all over the car and then look at the next one. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me back out. Liar. <laughs> oh, what do we think Jake did with his I small penis? I don't pe- know. I don't know. He clearly know who Jake put his small either. penis somewhere. His small penis was not supposed I to be. I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
but the oh. thing is i took that picture like a week ago and his car is still sitting there with it written on the window what yeah what do you think it was written with do you think he can't literally know. can't get it off so i'm guessing yes or it would be gone because if you could just wipe it off wouldn't you like wouldn't that be the first I don't thing no i mean maybe it's kind of a boss move like you know he's like I think that like small penis people need to reclaim their power. And maybe Jake <laughs> Luskin is like, and, um, and what's your point? Sure. Sure. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I suppose it's possible, but I'm guessing that most men would erase that the second they saw it, if they had the opportunity. Probably. Probably. <laughs> One of my all time favorite viral videos. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is like a woman, like a, who, like, I don't want to, stereotype but i suspect she's not unfamiliar with tobacco use okay <laughs> sitting in her car screaming at her uh i assume former paramour or a client who is maybe this is a kink okay his name is angus and the one thing i know about him is that his penis is very small <laughs> oh my god yes you've shown me that video before <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, I really hope that he it's like a service that he's paying for because if so, she is good at her job. <laughs> Dom of the year. Dom of the year. Angus, your penis is very small. <laughs> oh and so I feel like this is like the if Gen Z was like recreating the, the Angus, your uh -huh. penis is very small because it's <laughs> car related. It's penis related. Yeah. Wow. Your neighborhood. <laughs> it gives baby. It gives. <sighs> I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. All right. Well, I mean, it's also nice and like in keeping with some of the themes of tonight's movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> which is, I wouldn't say not emasculating. <laughs> <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> no, but, you know, we, we love it. We love oh, yeah. it. Okay. So we are going to be talking about the new Jennifer Reader film, Perpetrator, which is currently streaming on Shudder. This is a movie that we've been, like, trying to get to forever and are so excited to talk about. Yes. I cannot wait to see what you think about this. <laughs> it's very rare that when we put on a movie, we take to the Discord in the midst of it to be to to discuss. And I always feel like those are the most interesting ones that were you like, you're like, I can't hold this for the runtime. I must oh, return yeah. to the Discord. <laughs> yeah, I was only like maybe a fourth of the way in when I was like, OK, must write about this now. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, girl, I'm right behind you. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm guessing you have some thoughts and some feelings mm -hmm. about this. Yes. Okay, good. So, all right. Before we go much further, though, please let anybody new here know how we handle spoilers on the pod. Yeah. So eventually, Rachel and I are going to spoil this whole movie. But first, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about the director and the making of the film. And then we'll give you some non-spoiler thoughts. And you can kind of gauge whether you want to check it out. And if you haven't seen it already, at that point, Rachel will tell you, spoiler alert. She's going to do a little thing where she like vamps and says funny <laughs> stuff. And then... <laughs> I'm going to say stuff. <laughs> I can commit to stuff. And then you'll have the opportunity to jump off and go watch the movie if you want to. It is, like Rachel said, on Shutter, so it's easy to get your hands on. Yes. Get some greedy eyeballs on it. Yes. All right. So now, Ariel, this was mm -hmm. a new pick, correct? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, because we had, we had talked yeah. about doing this one when it came out last month, but mm -hmm. we never got around to it, so... I was very excited to talk about this one. Excellent. Well, now Jennifer Reeder is someone who listeners will know if their long-time listeners are familiar with her because we did we did one of her films in one of our earliest episodes. Yes. And we actually had her on the pod when VHS 94 came out because she directed the wraparound. Of that. Yeah. So Jennifer Reeder is um maybe the most returned to director over the course of this show so far. Uh, yeah. After this episode. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I yeah. think so. I mean, there's an upcoming episode, which we won't spoil yet, which will also, will tie this record. Yeah, but... that's true. It will. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm getting ahead of myself because 
full disclosure, it's kind of late at night, and my brain, she, she, she's not what she used to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> we're well, going to be honest, guys. Like, we're not doing so great today. So, like, if we don't say anything super smart, we are so sorry. <laughs> I almost feel, though, like this movie is such a fever dream that it's almost the best way work. to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about, about Jennifer and about the making of the film. All right, so Jennifer Reeder is a director and screenwriter originally from Ohio. She has an MFA in fine arts. Go from... Buckeyes! <laughs> is that like the one thing you know about Ohio? <laughs> I mean, I could have said, go Cincinnati Chili. She also has an MFA in fine arts from the School of Art Institute of Chicago, and she currently teaches for the School of Art History at the University of Illinois in Chicago. God, I want to enroll in that class. Can I just monitor the class? Or what What do they call it when you just go into the class and you audit? I just want to yes. audit that class. Like, I don't, I do want her to grade me, but like, <laughs> that may be... <laughs> Where are you going with this, Rach? About <laughs> me, but I. <laughs> but like mostly, I just want to hear her talk, and I want to like participate in the like discussions. So I can't yeah. even imagine what her class discussions must be like. They must be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think those classes would probably be fascinating. I always think that when they're teachers too, I'm like, is there not a way that we could just tour around the country taking classes from all these amazing women? Sadly, I mean, no. we go back in time. We set up our parents with some like stock options. <laughs> right. Then we become trust fund right. kids. And then, yes, <laughs> yes. So, step one, time machine. Well, actually, <laughs> step two, buy the almanac from Biff. Um, <laughs> then go back like, into 1950. How can we finagle generational wealth? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, behind every fortune is a crime. Ours will just be time crimes. <laughs> time crimes. I love it. Let's do it. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so if you want to take her class, you actually are probably going to really want to join in on this, which is that she is the founder of the social justice book club called Tracer's Book Club, which Fuck focuses yeah. on feminist issues. I mean, I would never have guessed that from her film catalog. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right. So after school and everything, she made a number of short films that have screened at festivals like Sundance, International Film Festival in Rotterdam, and the Chicago Underground Film Festival. And her most famous short film is actually the first one she ever made, and it's called White Trash Girl. She directed it in 1995, and she starred as the titular white trash girl. And if you look at it, it's like very 90s riot girl kind of aesthetic to it. And uh, she has said in interviews that because she gets asked about this one a lot. She said that while third wave riot girl feminism definitely had some problems and lacked intersectionality, the Mm -hmm. sensibility is still in her DNA and comes through in her films. Yeah. I mean, I can totally see that. Like there is such like a riot girl punk sort of like in the DNA of her films. You can, you can sense that like sense of rebellion and like celebration of girlhood. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an interview with RogerEbert.com, she actually said that although now she has more money to work with than when she was making these short films way back when, she still feels like this, quote, scrappy junkyard girl who has somehow convinced all of these people to get real weird with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that she has more budget now, but <laughs> I don't know that that last part of the sentence is not still true. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've never seen Alicia Silverstone like this before. I know. I she definitely gets real it. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2019, she made her feature film directorial debut with Knives and Skin, which Rachel was just saying we covered on our third episode Yay! of this podcast. <laughs> I actually went back to listen to your research from that episode to make sure I hadn't missed anything. And I was reminded that we recorded that at the very beginning of April 2020. 
And so we start out the episode talking about Tiger King and how obsessed we are with it. Whoa. <laughs> it's Whoa. such a time capsule of an episode. Holy shit. Oh, my yeah. God. What sweet summer children we were. I know. We thought, like, oh, this is going to suck for a few months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our lives are totally upside we down We were, like, forever. two weeks into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't – I feel – I don't know if I know that girl anymore. Right? I know. I feel so changed. Different. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like a different person. And so much about my life has changed. I like my job, where I lived. Like, oh my god, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like we've lost people and yeah. gained pets, and like it's just been a whirlwind. A lot has happened in three and a half years. You know? <laughs> yeah, we can't record at nine o'clock at night. I get way too maudlin. Let's move forward. <laughs> okay, so after she directed Knives and Skin, she directed the wraparound segment for VHS 94, which we also mentioned. And so if you want to go back and listen to that interview where we talked to her and Chloe Okuno, that was from November 2021. Mm-hmm. And so you can listen to that and hear about her like filmmaking process and stuff. Oh, such a great interview. I remember just being like in awe. And I remember, I know, unfortunately, I so wish great. we had the video of it. She had the most amazing artwork. About she it. did. Yes. Ugh. She's so cool. We both are. (laughs) They're both so cool. Agreed. So then last year, she directed the Shudder original film, Night's End. It's a feature film about an anxious shut-in who moves into a haunted apartment, hiring a stranger to perform an exorcism, which quickly takes a horrific turn. And then this year, of course, she wrote and directed Perpetrator, the movie we're talking about today. It uh, was nominated to compete for the Panorama Audience Award at the 73rd berlin international film festival where it had its world premiere this past february and then it was released on shutter on september 1st so of course you can go see it there when she was actually writing knives and skin she watched directly after that the 80s remake of cat people and she really loved how weird it was and the idea of shape-shifting and so that kind of helped to inspire what would become perpetrator on top of that When she was doing press for Knives and Skin, some of what she kept hearing from press, like questions that she would get asked and stuff, was what was it like working with all of those teenage girls? And she quickly realized that when people were asking that question, it was because they thought it would be an awful experience where she actually loved it. And so it made her want to write something about, quote, a wild and out of control girl who really becomes wild and out of control. You know, she sort of takes the thing that someone else has said, diminishes her agency and uses it. Oh, my God. I love that. I freaking love that. That is so awesome because like that is not just like ages, but and also kind of true because teenagers are terrible, but also (laughs) like so like gendered and sexist. Yeah. Like nothing could be worse than hanging out with a bunch of teenage girls. I would like to present Exhibit A, which is teenage boys, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that is awesome. And I like as you're saying that, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense when we get into the mythology. It mm-hmm. makes perfect sense when we get into just kind of the vibe and the general sort of like char- like characterization, all of those things. It's such a reclaiming of those things that it makes perfect perfect sense that's amazing I yeah love that. exactly and she also thought it would be really cool if she could make something where being empathic and overly emotional was a superpower yeah so she wanted to take the idea that women are too emotional or what she was saying was like or can't be president because they might get their period and start a nuclear war oh my god um, and kind of turn that on its head and I make it that. into a superpower Dope. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. She also said that she didn't realize until after she had made Perpetrator that she had really kind of created a new version of her very first short film, uh, White Really? Really? Yeah. Apparently, there's like a lot of overlap there, including stuff about like what your bodily fluids can do and stuff. So, Ooh, I like it. But she has a lot of crossover between all of her different films and like ways that they're connected. So for instance, in Perpetrator, the main character is seen reading a zine called Uh Cunty Slut. 
which is actually a reference to Knives and Skin, where one of the characters asks, what are you, a bitchy tease or a cunty slut? Do you remember that? Because I think we talked about it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And also, I love that there are zines in this. (laughs) Like, I am, I don't know if this, like, immediately you're like, you were born in, but, like, there is a special place in my heart that will only ever be filled with zines because they were such a big deal, like such an awakening. So I wonder if they're not making a little bit of a comeback because I was talking to my niece and her and her girlfriend were like visiting some friends and they all like watched movies and made zines together as like the activity for the night. Oh my God. The nineties are back. (laughs) Hell yes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna be like, hello, fellow fellow youths, fellow teens. <laughs> I also know 90s references. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm the primary source. <laughs> Amazing. That is awesome. I love that idea. Yeah, I did have this experience though. <laughs> that Uh-oh. made me feel very old where Uh-oh. I was over at their apartment and I was talking to their roommate who was telling me about all these movies that their mom had introduced them to. And I was like, oh, my God, I've seen that. I've seen that. And then it dawned on me that the reason I've seen all these movies is because I'm the same age as their mother. (laughs) Oh, no. Why? Why? Why can't we just be our minds? Why do we have to be in these fleshy sacks, these fallible fleshy sacks we call bodies? Who was the director who said that they wanted to be that creature from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, was it? I think it was Laura Moss. Remember they were it, talking yeah. about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they were talking about gender in that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I want to be Krang. How <laughs> yeah. do we, how do I get on the Krang path? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she had also really wanted to get Alicia Silverstone, like you were talking about to yes. be in knives and skin, but mm. it didn't end up working out. And so when she was making perpetrator, she was like, okay, she would be great to play the great aunt character. Because she wanted somebody who Great like audience. aunt, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> Isn't that what they say she is? Yes, <laughs> but I'm in denial. I know. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, so she wanted to pick somebody who audiences were kind of first introduced to as an iconic teenage character because she wanted her character, like her main character, to be mentored by somebody who was like an iconic teen and hopefully she would be seen as an iconic teen too if that makes sense totally makes sense because yeah i mean is there anybody more associated with being a cool teenager than alicia silverstone no in clueless no (laughs) so she also knew that alicia silverstone had had a small role in the killing of a sacred deer and that she was kind of into playing weirder parts these days. So mm-hmm. she just wrote her a letter. And Alicia Silverstone was like, yeah, I want to do it. And it worked out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. She had also wanted that character, the Alicia Silverstone character, to be reminiscent of Catherine Deneuve's character from The Hunger. Oh, yes. I totally see that. I was uh-huh. actually, I found myself thinking a lot about Molly Ringwald and um, Bad Habits. I'm like, yes. I'm loving this, like, women of our era like in their femme fatale phase right yes give me women in their 40s and 50s in full femme fatale that is that is my new kink that is what I'm about (laughs) more of that please yeah so she wanted it uh the character to remind her of that and also Tippi Hedren's character from Marnie which also I think makes a lot of sense Mm. so in this film she had sort of the intention of showing how women could find strength in each other. And I want to read you a very long quote. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because I think you'll really appreciate what she has to say about that sort of central idea of the movie. All right. So this is from that same interview. And she says, the secret that the patriarchy doesn't know is that all of those moronic men who are so desperately holding on to their power and to the privilege of the patriarchy, they don't realize at the end of the day, women talk to each other. Girls talk to each other. We mobilize. The mean girl, in my opinion, for the most part, is a myth. The mean girl is a defense mechanism. At the core of the mean girl is a girl for whom female friendship is a survival strategy. So we talk to each other. We band together. There is a real sisterhood that we can mobilize. And in those numbers and in those lines of communication, we have power and we will quietly but consistently gain the power back. 
Also, it's not always quiet whispers. There's powers in kicking the basement window, and it'll be because we are consistently not allowed to come in the house from the front door. There's many ways to get into the house and we'll get into the house. I mean, it can be exhausting consistently kicking in the basement window, but what's the other choice? Whoa. Rachel? Yes, that was a sound of applause and cheering, oh. which is my <laughs> response to that quote. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> it is the sound of a thousand women cheering and yeah. speaking and using their voices and clapping their hands because of that was fucking fire Reader. <laughs> that was I know. amazing she's so great and you know what i think is so cool about her too like if you were paying attention to the timeline she created her first short film in the mid 90s and then didn't wow. make her first feature film until 2019 wow. i mean that just shows like if something is important to you and you keep pushing like it's yeah. worth it right because you can get yeah. there someday because I think of her as being someone who is like pretty prolific that in the time that we've put yeah. out the show, she's put out three or four films. And as we know, a lot of times there is a long gap between yeah. movies oh, yeah. um, for, for independent directors and for women directors. So that is really interesting. Like it seems like she kind of has really hit her stride. She's found a lane. She's found something. But um, and people... And an audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so unfortunately, I cannot tell you what she's doing next because she's not talking about it. It's not on IMDb. I don't know. Hmm. But I have to assume that she's working with Shudder on like multiple movies now. Potentially, there's more in the works in the future. So I sure we'll hope so. See. I mean, I wouldn't. I kind of feel like this and Knives and Skin live in a shared universe. Even oh, before yeah. you had told me about those like very specific uh, references. But I, I do kind of like the idea that she's sort of building a universe. And if this is, I want to go back to this universe. This is an interesting mm -hmm. place to be. Agreed. Mm, 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 mm. I think I might be tipping my hand about my review right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what did you think of it, Rachel? <laughs> this movie is wild. <laughs> it is so strange. Yeah. It is so camp. And I freaking loved it. It is. <laughs> I didn't know. You know, I didn't know because yeah. you had gone in there and you're like, I'm 20 minutes into this. And I have no idea what this movie's about. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Sometimes <laughs> I struggle with things that are too surreal because yeah. I, I want someone to tell me a yarn. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be really surreal, you you really have to earn it. And what I think is really great is that while Jennifer Reader doesn't make films, she makes dreams. Like mm -hmm. dream logic abounds in her films and definitely happens here. Not in the like ooky spooky weird way, but just the like the way that the scenes connect feel like the way dream scenes connect. The way that the logic is pretty loosey goosey. Yes. But like makes total sense to the main character, even if they it doesn't make sense in a grander scheme, feels like a dream. But even so, even though we're living in that world, she smartly gives us at its center Johnny, who is the grounding force of this film because mm -hmm. her like her even though what's happening to her is extraordinary, her emotional journey is like incredibly familiar and resonant. So like I can invest in her. Like I have a North Star to pull me through the strangeness because what I really care about at the end of the day is not if every single thing makes sense. It's the, it's her arc. It's her journey. And so that is sort of how I make it through the surrealism of it all and, and appreciate the surrealism of it all yeah. because I have something to hold on to. This movie is unapologetically feminist like it is not hiding in metaphor there's no. plenty of metaphor here but it is it is a feminist t-shirt of a movie um all the signs are there and um and i love the way that it has such a unique new mythology and how rooted it is in female power and female rage mm -hmm. like you talked about taking the things that are supposed weaknesses and showing how their strengths talking about the way solidarity is such so empowering all of those things like all of this very gendered stuff makes johnny super powerful and and interesting like we've seen so many monster movies like you see the fangs you're like okay there's gonna be a little wrinkle in the vampire whatever whatever 
this feels like something I've never seen before, which is super exciting. And then you added that Alicia Silverstone giving the femme fatale realness. Like it's, it gave me everything I wanted. I remember seeing a clip from this movie before it came out and it was just the, the lipstick eating scene. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what this movie is. (laughs) And it's, it's such, it's such an interesting clip to put in because it doesn't actually tell you anything about the plot of the movie. No, nothing at all. It's such an outlier that only makes sense in the context of like the mentorship, but it makes you feel like you're going to watch a different kind of movie than you are. Like it feels adversarial in a way that the movie is not like it. That is like a guiding push for like self-actualization. You know what I mean? But it doesn't (laughs) read that way when you watch it. Yeah. I don't know. I also feel like this is exactly the movie that would send someone like Carl Carlson into like a full existential tailspin. And that makes me love it even more. I don't know. I I know that this movie is probably going to be divisive and it's probably not going to be for everyone. It is yeah. incredibly strange. I really fucking loved this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you loved it so much. How about you? Tell me in a non-spoilery <laughs> way what you thought of the very strange perpetrator. So I actually feel a little more mixed than you do. Okay. There are elements of this movie that I really, really love. And the more I, like, read about her thinking behind it, like, the thought process, the more Mm -hmm. I kind of understood and liked it even better. But I – some of the strangeness is confusing. Like, I just don't think there's any way to get around the fact that for the first, like, 35, 40 minutes of this film, I struggled with understanding what was really happening in the movie. Okay. Like – not the basic plot, but like there are things that are added in, like scenes that don't seem to connect where I started to get confused that maybe I was missing something mm. because it is just so odd and a little mm-hmm. bit opaque at times. Yeah. And I think the other stuff in it makes it worthwhile to watch, but like you have to be willing to go for kind of a confusing ride. <laughs> yeah. That's you know? True. Yeah. Um, I do really love a lot of the surreal elements. I don't want to like give any of it away right now. I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail, but I think visually this movie is super Mm -hmm. cool and really interesting. Mm -hmm. I do think that there is this sort of like, like odd out of step dialogue and like Jennifer reader does this thing where there aren't establishing shots really. And there aren't like a there aren't normal transitions between mm-hmm. scenes like you have in an, your average movie, and so it can be very disorienting. But Dreams. I think it also yes, exactly. <laughs> it makes it more artistic for sure, yeah. and more like like you were saying, like a fever dream because it just doesn't follow a normal narrative structure, like mm-hmm. really at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's like a basic narrative structure in there, but like everything surrounding it is there to kind of keep you on your toes and throw you off. It's just like, there's just strange things in it. Knives and Skin had a lot of that too. And I I love that movie. And I feel like with this one, unfortunately, I only got to watch it like kind of right before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I wish I had watched it sooner than that because I I have a sense that like Knives and Skin, the longer I sit with it, the more I might like it. You like Mm -hmm. like it even more. Not that I dislike Mm -hmm. it, but just I think it might grow on me even more. Alicia Silverstone is excellent. Uh, The actor that plays Johnny is great, especially towards the end of the film where you get like these real emotional conversations between her and some of the adults in her life. Yeah, she's just really great and and really like powerfully emotional. And -hmm. I think that that goal that she had about making a character with you know, where empathy and emotion is a superpower definitely comes across in this movie. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I love the themes around girlhood and like puberty and sisterhood. I think all of that stuff is really cool too. I just think like you've, there's some stuff in here that's going to throw you off and it's not always going to make a ton of sense. It just isn't. So you have to be willing to, to go through that part of it, I guess. I think just give in to it. <laughs> Let the weirdness wash over you. Just accept that you're in like a weird fever dream and like embrace yeah. it. I think I think that's the key. And for the record, uh, actor's name is Kia McKernan. Thank you. And Kia is killing it. I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
I am going to synopsize this film. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, it was not easy. So I just decided I could have gone really deep or really shallow. Uh-huh. And I decided, you know what? I'm assuming if people are sticking with us to this point, because we are entering the spoiler zone, that they have probably seen it. Um, And so you don't need me to give you beat for beat. You know, just a general sort of riff on it. Because there is a shocking amount of, if not plot, events. Yeah, things, things happen in it for sure. Oh, for sure. Like when I looked at the runtime, I got a little nervous. Uh-huh. Got a little nervous. But um, as I will say in, in the, as we continue to review it, I had no trouble ultimately because there, it is just like, there's so much thrown at you that like either strange things are happening in the dialogue or the plot or they're visually strange. Like I was deeply intrigued at every moment. Mm -hmm. All right. So folks, that has been me. I wasn't funny. Sorry, but this was me vamping (laughs) to give you time to get the hell out of here. So get out of here. Go on. I'm about to spoil it with the synopsis starting right now. All right. As we mentioned, this film follows a young woman named Johnny. Johnny, she's she's troubled. She's troubled doing some robberies, occasionally maybe some sex work. She's about to turn 18 and she has kind of a troubled relationship with her father who seems to have some secrets of his own. Uh, we see some strange things happening in the bathroom. There is some drug use and ultimately in whispered conversations with her Aunt Hildy, he agrees that it's time for her to go away and uh, because she's about to turn 18. So she gets sent to stay with her great aunt Hildy, uh, played by Alicia Silverstone, giving such good vamp. And she's she's odd. You could say she's odd. Just a touch. Uh, she enrolls her in a new school, which has a very small student body, which again feels like such a dream. Mm, like yeah. that's the size of a classroom in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Essential parties only. Where the school has a little bit of a problem. First of all, there's a very strange nurse who wants to know what level of sexual contact you're having and uh, has undergone some procedures, shall we say. Also, the school is being stalked by a killer, by the way. That also makes things complicated on the <laughs> school campus. Happening. <laughs> so she and her friend slash lover, Electra, begin investigating. And her 18th birthday finally arrives, at which time Johnny kind of goes through this transformation and there's some really violent cake eating in aftermath, which was wild. <laughs> After which case her aunt finally sits down and s- explains to her that there is that she basically is going through a transformation into um, the supernatural entity that has supernatural empathy. She calls it something called forevering. I kind of got the sense that means that they have like real longevity. I think we see some like photos over the, you know, Yeah, we do. And she says basically this will just keep going on and on, you know? Yes, yes. So there are elements of vampirism and except Mm -hmm. for in this case, you don't like live off the life force of others. Like you don't like feed off of it. But what you do is anytime you're like in proximity of someone, you feel what they're feeling to the point where you can even almost become that person. And you'll see their, your face changing as you're so it's, it's called like a possession essentially. Um, So impacted through the empathy that you can become them. And so she decides to use the supernatural gift to track down the killer that has been picking off all of the girls in the class who coincidentally have all made out with this one football slash basketball <laughs> baseball Who's player. Who's a very good kisser, apparently. You know, he uses tongue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So they she manages to track down the killer. Unfortunately, she gets kidnapped, and he installs an extra butthole in her chest, which was a twist I did not see coming. <laughs> yeah. But but double butthole and all, she is no weakling. She defeats him, saves the other girls that he's been keeping captive, and in the process discovers that not only is her mother actually her father in hiding, but she's in hiding from her terrible father, who Twist is also the killer. Together, they defeat him again after having sent him to a bloody, watery grave, supposedly, that he escaped from. And rips out his heart. And the film ends with Hildy beginning a ritual to make all the other girls in school powerful monsters like them. 
Yeah. That was a hard one. I don't know how well I did. No, I actually think that was pretty brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I spoiled the movie, which means we are in the spoiler zone, which means we can really talk about how we feel. Ariel, lay it on me, girl. Oh, boy. Yeah, this movie, I feel like, is a little bit difficult to talk about just because it is so, so very strange. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot to love here. And I think, like you were saying before, Johnny is kind of the central figure that you get to kind of fall in love with in this movie. And the actor is so great. And I think one of the things that is only kind of a small part of this movie, but that really had an impact on me, was the relationship between Johnny and Electra. Mm-hmm. it's so sweet they are so sweet together and that scene where they're under the covers making out was like the most adorable thing yeah. i wish that there had been more of that in the movie because they were just so sweet together mm-hmm. but yeah i mean <laughs> the surrealistic aspects of this movie throw you off but there's a lot of like beauty in the way that it's filmed i think mm-hmm. my favorite one is what you were talking about that bloodbath that he gets sent into where she like pulls him through the mattress Mm -hmm. and into like an ocean of blood and then kind of like shoves him down and gracefully swims back up where she like shoots herself back up through the mattress Mm -hmm. it's so weird I don't know how you come up with something like that uh like I don't think my brain works that way sadly um but it was so beautiful like it's so beautifully filmed I I don't know I, I really liked those parts of it. And I think that the other part of this that's kind of that moved me was the relationship between Johnny and her mom, too. Mm. And we only really get it at the end. But I think the conversation that she gets to have where she finally finds out that the mom like was the dad this whole time. Mm -hmm. And she was able to, like, tell Johnny about, like, all the things from her life that she actually was there for and witnessed. And then talking about how she just felt too strongly, like, she was feeling so much and she could not handle, like, watching Johnny go through the the difficulty and go through the hard changes that were coming when she turned 18. Mm -hmm. All of that um, really resonated with me, especially because, like, I tend to be somebody who maybe like on the surface doesn't show a ton of emotion to people that I'm not close with (laughs) that I'm not close with (laughs) pry bar. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but I have like almost like an unending well, it feels like of emotions a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. And um, because I, I'm a caretaker too. I definitely understand like very intimately the idea of, feeling somebody else's pain to the point that it's painful for you. Mm-hmm. So those things were like really impactful for me. And I don't know. I mean, like we can talk about some of the things that worked less well for me, but I'd love to hear like what you really loved about it first, maybe. Sure. I mean, like, I don't think that this is a perfectly crafted, like super polished movie. I think that there is just this like, punk spirit that mm-hmm. like refuses to bend to the rules and is less worried about the rules than it is about kind of just being this raw expression of ideas that Jennifer Reader has. And there is this sense of rage and a sense of irony that I love separately but work better together that is here like this movie is very funny. I love the moments that feel like they could almost be lifted from like heathers or mm-hmm. it feels almost like it like J- diablo cody adjacent like i mm, love the stylized dialogue but like whereas those tend to homage very different genres and like you can yeah. feel the dean like jennifer reader has this like riot girl by way of lynch that i just really dig it's like this is what i imagine other people feel like when they watch those films you know what i mean mm. yeah i mean i can kind of see that even in that auditorium scene at mm-hmm. the end of the movie where she's feeling what you know the serial killer guy is feeling but she so she is like saying things and the other women all start saying it too like yeah. fuck me fuck me Um, to like support her you know that show that solidarity I thought that was because it's it's weird 
And it yes. does feel a little Lynchian in the way that Except the- for it's not as clinical. Right. You know what I mean? And that is where I think I struggle. Mm, Whereas this one, okay. I like, I can like, t- I can touch the emotion and the, I can touch it in a way that I can't touch Lynch. So that really worked for me. I And then, of course, Johnny is so powerful. I love that she refuses to be a victim. She refuses to be well-behaved. And she refuses to be cowed for her misbehavior. Like, she is always up to no good. And the movie <laughs> yeah. does not seem to have a problem with it. Like, it celebrates her misbehavior. And and I appreciate that. Like, we meet her and she's robbing. We don't get an arc where she suddenly becomes, like, some sort of paragon by the end. No, 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 Like, those bad girl behaviors, that, like, audacity and hubris that allows her to do the bad behavior is what makes her a hero later. So I'm obsessed with Johnny. I think she's an incredible character. And then, like... We talked about like the gendered stuff around empathy, but also the stuff about blood, you know, menstrual blood being a path to a literal new world, an escape hatch, a way that she is able to save others. Um, All of those things for something that should be or that is often like stigmatized and shamed to be like the source of a superpower we've never really seen that like obviously minstrel blood takes you know shows up in places but i don't know that we've ever seen it presented in this way that was really exciting and i just love the odd strange moments like the self-defense class i love the commentary around like around that and the terrible advice he's giving them about like let your fear <laughs> so paralyze bad. you and then the like active shooter drills yeah what the- was up with that <laughs> I mean, I feel like she's making commentary and I don't totally know what it is, but like I, well, this is where I think we get into that like sense of irony. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I think, cause there's like the dialogue about the girls when they get shot and they're like, oh my God, my dad's going to slaughter me for getting killed again. Like just the absolute gallows humor of that. Like, I don't know. I appreciated it. I liked how strange it was. And then, of course, the men are so absurd in this. They are so, (laughs) like, we're accustomed to seeing mostly, like, I mean, we are becoming more aware of it. But it doesn't, like, stand out in the same way when, like, women get very little dialogue and very little characterization and are kind of, like, stereotypes of what women are like. And just so to see that here reversed, like, it does kind of stand out. And you can sense the commentary in that, like... You know, and he's like, I would fuck me. I would fuck me. Like, just so (laughs) fucking pathetic. Or like, I don't know. I just, all of that I thought was really like an interesting, not just, not necessarily a lens on women, men, but like a lens on the way that women are portrayed in films. And so I, I appreciated that. I don't know. At the end of the day, this movie is funny. It is wacky. It is strange. It is cathartic for me because there's like this revenge meets body horror meets giallo meets surrealism it is such a hodgepodge of of genres and i kind of love it for that it's you know and i think it i don't know it does a good job of getting at a true source of fear for young women like while also kind of flipping on its head through johnny like she refuses to internalize the shit that we usually internalize like you know outside threats but also like horizontal hostility between her and the other girls in school those dynamics are really interesting she's like unvictimizable and unbullyable and i'm very envious of that yeah like she's female rage and power personified in a way that like i don't know that doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you know no like this like when we think about like power, like we used to always talk about like badass bitches and horror, and they were all just sort of these like action heroes. Yeah, I mean we're definitely getting latex. Like more, yeah, nuanced, more interesting, mm-hmm. more flawed. Not well, just like physically powerful, but powerful in other ways. Kind of characters. Yeah, because she's vulnerable. And yeah, she's deeply feeling, but she's also incredibly powerful and fearless. She gets to be all the things. 
And and I love that. And I love that the movie ends on this like note of solidarity. I don't know. I fucking loved this movie. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree with so much of that. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of really brilliant things that Jennifer Reeder does with this film. I think that there are so many interesting things. I do love that ending. I mean, I love that her and her mom come together to like defeat this asshole. And then the aunt is there to like bring all of the women together in this scene that felt very like almost like craft or practical yes. magic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. 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 So I, I totally get all of that. There are just like, there are certain things that were just like so odd that they kind of threw me off. I appreciate mm-hmm. what you said about the, the school shooter part of it, because yeah. when I saw that, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Why yeah. is this school so strange? This is so bizarre. Like, what's up with the scene with the principal guy who, you know, we find out later is the killer. But at the time, we just think he's a principal. And he's talking to his, like, assistant or something who has, like, done crazy amounts of plastic surgery to her face. And he's, like, going down on her, but it's painful. And he's being a dick about it. Like, what was that scene? It was so weird, you know? And disconnected from, like, a lot of the other things that happened. And I guess I could, like, think about, like, what kind of theme or what they were saying about like women's sexuality or the way that men treat women or whatever but it's well just you see like, how he interacts with a grown-ass right woman. i know that's what i'm saying but yeah. like i'm just saying it's so very odd <laughs> and like displaced and unconnected to the things that are happening around it that it's like it takes you a minute to think about maybe what she was trying to say with it the same thing with like Electra talking about her miscarriage like that kind of comes out of left field and I, I mean I know she had talked about like the coat hanger stuff earlier but like it's so disjointed again because they talk about it for a second and then it's like they just move on and it's never mentioned again they put it back in the refrigerator and that's it you know I've loved that because it's not doesn't need to be like a big dramatic thing she no no, no of course have a not baby. like I just it's like Kind of, I think the offhandedness is the point of it, right? My interpretation. Yeah, and I, I, I guess I'm having a hard time explaining what I mean, but I just think that, like, each of these things, I can understand what they mean, like in isolation. It's just that, like, woven all together, I don't think it always like makes a ton of sense, (laughs) right? And it can be a little bit confusing when you're watching it. But I still loved a lot. Of, I don't know what to say. It's like I still loved a lot of things about it. It's just this this didn't work for me quite as well as it seemed to have worked for you. I, I did wanna revisit this conversation like after you've had some more time to like let this percolate because I feel like you're going to come around on it. This yeah, feels I, like may. Se- I th- may. This feels like an aerial movie to me. <laughs> but I could be yeah. wrong. No, you may be right. And honestly, like uh, – like full disclosure, I've had a migraine for days now, and so oh, this I am would be just a, this is a big ass. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't have like full brain power. I'm like at you know thirty percent capacity or something, and so I recognize that I'm probably not making connections to things as I maybe like as fast as I would have otherwise. But I I just think that this movie is going to be one of those things that either works for you or it doesn't That's true. because it's That's so. True very odd and it asks a little bit more of you yeah yeah that makes sense to me because yeah this is not this is one where you have to be in the right headspace I think I think yeah for sure for sure that makes total sense to me it's audacious it is (laughs) audacious it's just like there are so many parts of this that I think are so smart and so beautifully done but then there are parts that were just like and I think it's just like a, maybe it's just a me problem would throw me off. Like when she breaks into that house with like Electra and stuff and the other maybe it's not Electra. Maybe it's the other girls from the school. And they like start doing that cheer to like warn her that the cop is coming. But then the cop grabs her and she does the cheer, too. And the cop joins in on it. Like it's so strange. Love it. So weird. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, and here's the thing is this is where it gets subjective, right? Yeah. You know, like. Um, it's objectively weird, but it's subjectively works for you or doesn't. And yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I wouldn't have minded if they had like leaned harder into the, like the mystery solving part of the Ah, <laughs> here you wanted a little more gumshoetry. <laughs> I see. Just a little I bit see. like her and Electra, like figuring stuff out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I could deal with more of her and Electra, period, point, right? Point. It's not that I think it's a, you know, a problem with the movie 
so much as I just really liked those characters together. Yeah. 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 This is a weird one. It is a weird one. It is definitely a weird one, but it's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, she just makes interesting films. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen the one that she made last year, but I am curious about it because everything like Knives and Skin is also like bizarre and kind of does have that Lynchian surrealistic, Mm -hmm. you know, bent to it. I think this one does a lot of those same things too, but I wonder if this is kind of in that same vein. Cause even like the wraparound she did for VHS 94 is a little bit odd. Yeah. Right. Like I remember when we first watched it, you were like, I don't quite understand everything that happened in it. Like I get the cult stuff and the imagery is really cool and like, it looks really great, but I don't think I understand what happened. Yeah. And I think that's like a recurring theme in her movies, you know, that it's a lot more about like vibes and themes Mm -hmm. and art, like artistry than it is about like cohesive plots and narrative structure. Yeah. And I think maybe the vibes were just like just at the right frequency for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It does. It also helps to put Alicia Silverstone in all of those incredible like vintage Oh, so yeah, dresses. you want to know what is a lot of that's her own clothing. So oh my she, God. she is very close friends with Christian Siriano, the designer, you know, the uh, guy from Project Runway. I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Yes. And so a lot of those were dresses that he had made for her that, that she brought sense. with her. His yeah, unfortunately, is very informed by like glamorous, yes, like, old Hollywood. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like because she had packed like all of her own clothing. They filmed this in Chicago in the winter. Oh, no. But she had not packed for winter weather, I guess. Oh, no. So there were oh, no. a lot of uh, a lot of cold moments in this, the filming of this movie. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. her epidermis. <laughs> Sorry about that. Girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So any other thoughts before we wrap up our review? No. Of, uh, okay. All right. Well, um, I personally am going to give this a hearty recommendation. I think it is interesting. This year has been, um, I wouldn't say it's been a bad year, but mm, there have been less really middling. intriguing <laughs> films yeah. that there have been a handful of birth, rebirth being among them recently. Yes. But this is a strange one, a unique film, and I would definitely recommend checking it out. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this show... If you're if you're a, a fan of the more deadly, you probably your taste probably skews in a particular direction, and you, as do your politics. I think I think you would might find something quite interesting here, the old perpetrator. <laughs> you're such a weirdo. I know. I can't help it. How about you? How about you? Would you recommend it? Ultimately, yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Definitely. I mean, I think. Well, you heard it. 10 out of 10. Ariel loved it. (laughs) I just think like know thyself going into this. Like if if you're not into the surrealism, if you need shit to like make a lot of sense, this movie is not for you. (laughs) If you're just down for like art and feminism and like cool characters, then check it out. That's what I have to say. That sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't saying it as a negative. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Awesome. So, like we said, it is on Shutter. Put it in your eye hole. Have you guys, listeners, noticed that anytime I have anything negative to say about a movie, like any small detraction, Rachel thinks I hated the film and the filmmaker. I just told, I just <laughs> said it was ten out of ten that you said it was the best movie all year. I don't know what you're talking about, Ariel. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> listeners what did you think of perpetrator did you agree with ariel that this is the movie of 2023 you should email <laughs> us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or chat with us over on the zombie girls facebook page or slide into the dms on instagram twitter and threads at zg podcasts that's zg podcasts with an s at the end and if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already watched perpetrator we're confused and watched it a second time then you should check out our video on demanded streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com if you want to support us because you love us you got plenty of ways to do that first of all you can do it the freeway which would make us so so happy which is to review us on um wherever it is that you're getting your paws rate and review us apple Podcasts, spotify audible other ones that I can't think of because it's late. Um, as an incentive for writing a review, if you write one, I will yeah. have Rachel on the podcast what? 
read it in like a really funny accent and we get to pick the accent. So go writing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. But like, be careful. Like, don't get me canceled. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to do like German or something. Okay. Yeah. 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 We we got you. You want Zeese. I don't know if that's German or not. (laughs) But you know what? I'm game. Let's do it. I love it. Let's look at you, troll. But I'm going to do it. Look at me. I'm on trollable that's not true (laughs) challenge not not issued challenge not issued don't accept (laughs) anyway so you yes please rate and review us and i will read it in the accent the non-offensive accent of your choosing or if you want to throw some cash money at us you can do so by buying some of our awesome merch at tpublic.com forward slash zombie girls podcast or just go to zombie girls podcast forward slash merch And then, of course, we have a Patreon where you get extended episodes, bonus episodes, and most importantly, you get to join the Discord. And it's dope over there. Like today, I learned that there is a Lifetime movie called The Amish Stud. We sure did. (laughs) (laughs) The may or may not be softcore porn? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) I was trying to think. I don't, I think. This has been a long con for Joe to get like (laughs) middle-aged ladies to watch softcore porn with him. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's kind of feeling that way, isn't it? <laughs> like, who could have ever guessed that the Amish stud might be inappropriate? But, like, that's happening. We're always hanging out, gossiping about whatever is going on in the world and in our lives and sharing photos of our pets. We love those pet photos, what we're watching. But, yeah, so join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls for all those sweet, sweet perks. All right. That is it for us, except for our plans for the next episode. It is my pick. It is. Yes. Yes. What are we doing? Well, okay. So the next episode is going to be essentially our Halloween episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to pick something that would be kind of in keeping with the season, maybe something related to Halloween. And unfortunately, there was like not a lot of options. And then I remembered that there was a movie that I think would make for a fascinating conversation on this on the show Mm. a woman directed that has a pinnacle scene that takes place on halloween so of course i thought yes this is our halloween selection we are going to be reviewing alice lowe's excellent pregnancy revenge film prevent amazing i'm so excited me too i have been a low stand ever since i saw her in garth marenghi yeah, I'm excited for this because I have only seen this movie one time when we covered it on Zombie Girls years mm. ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember it ish, but I think I really only remember like a couple of scenes that were particularly emblazoned in my brain. Yeah. But not like yeah. the whole movie. So I'm excited to revisit. You can watch it in advance. Get ahead of it. Do your homework. It is streaming now on Shudder. So I, you're cool. You've got Shudder. Check it out. Okay. So unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, that is it for us today. Ariel, take us out. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of More Deadly. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to our review of Perpetrator. I hope you liked all the weirdness we got to talk about today and Rachel making fun of me for not understanding it. (laughs) I did nothing of the sort. I've been framed. When you watch it, please let me know if you were confused by some of the same things I was because... I would like to know. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll be back with our Halloween episode where we are going to review Prevenge. So be back later this month. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly After Dark. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome in. When I had to do the, (laughs) when I had to do the intro, when it was just Matilda and I, I I forgot (laughs) if it was more deadly after dark. I said it and then I was like, wait, that sounds wrong. Did I get that right? I know I heard and you did good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, come on, girl, you know, you know, it's more deadly after dark. (laughs) You have to say it very like alluringly though. Right. I'll remember that for next time. (laughs) Remember this goes before the paywall. So we got to make people think it's exciting on the Uh other side. Uh (laughs) It's called. 
marketing. Right, right. We're good at it. It's called a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. How are you doing, Ariel? Are you making it? I know it's late. We're both out of our minds. It is late. We both have to be up super early. I know. (laughs) We're crazy. We're crazy. But this is how much we love podcasting and we love the show and we love all of you. Yep. We're willing to sacrifice our sleep. Yeah. Oh, you're such an insomniac. I'm like, I actually can sleep. You probably could. <laughs> I would just be laying here in the dark, eyes wide open. Oh my god. Is that really what you do? You don't oh, watch yeah. stuff? Oh babe, no. No, I do like I'll like listen to something, but it's like an just... audio book or something? Yeah, but like something I've heard a million times because if it's something oh. new, I can't get like invested in it or then I have you tried those like sleepy time podcasts? I have. Yeah. They they They're never annoying. Work and I get frustrated and then like I want them to hurry up, which is yeah. the opposite <laughs> of what they're like they're doing it on purpose. Like they're talking yeah. about boring things that so you go to sleep, but I just get irritated because I want them to get to something interesting so that I can kind of like turn my brain off and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean so we've been talking about why we're feeling so old lately. <laughs> My turn. We both had birthdays this month. Is yeah, that I turned why? forty like a hot minute ago. Oh, <laughs> babe. But I also, at that same time as I was turning forty, uh, my doctor made me do a sleep study. Yeah. Turns out, yeah, I do have very, very mild sleep apnea. <laughs> Oh, grandma! Welcome so to the party. If you have like between five and fifteen on their like scale, you're considered to have sleep apnea. I have a five, and the guy was like, "You just barely made it to the level where your insurance will pay for the like machine thingy." <gasps> Are you getting the machine? Yes. Ah, uh, ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, she's single. <laughs> And now I'm going to look like a squid when I sleep. It's going to be great. Yeah. Hey, listen, there is like a whole cottage industry of erotica that caters to that, that <laughs> particular demographic. You just like shot up to the list of the old. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, yes. You're even more erotic than you yeah, were before. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so uh, that should be interesting. We'll see how it goes. I mean, fingers crossed. If I could like wake up feeling refreshed for once in my life, that would yeah. be fabulous. It's not going to fix the insomnia, which is the bummer. Like if it could do that too. Oh, man. Except I'd be living for, a like, whole different life. I wonder if it will help a little bit because like it makes you breathe more deeply and like maybe, maybe like regulating your breathing will like help you help relax sleep. and fall asleep. That would be very, very it's cool. also a white noise machine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, there's, we'll see. I'm going to look hope. really cool, but hopefully I will wake up in a better mood. <laughs> That's yeah. the hope. I don't know. There's a lid for every pot. There's a, you know, nose guard for every <laughs> I wouldn't worry too Do much Do you about remember it. our newspaper advisor, Jean? Yeah. Do you remember her talking about her and her girlfriend? Like, they both had sleep apnea machines. <laughs> and she used to laugh and say, like, if anybody ever breaks into our home, they're going to come into the bedroom, take one look at us, and, like, run away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, sleep apnea machines will change your life. I don't personally have one, but I have a partner with one. Yeah. And it went, for, I used to not have it. So I didn't sleep because they were snored so loud. Yeah. So I, I'm a believer in the CPAP. I, I think it'll cure everything. It's like, I feel like it's good. If you have acne, gone. If you have rickets, gone. <laughs> if you have a hangnail, gone. <laughs> Where did you pull that from? My anus. Where I pull everything <laughs> from, girl. Like that is really what the podcast should be called. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we did name the podcast Rachel's Anus, our audience might be different. Just mm. saying. <laughs> That's the show that I would cover uh, Amish Stud on, for sure. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>